This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. everyone and welcome to episode 37 of what did you watch this week my name is mike my name is john and this week i'm struggling with a throat cold so if i sound a little funny or i lose my voice a little bit here and there that's why duly noted and uh john it was a uh because of the holiday and everything else it was a short uh Short TV week. There's a bunch of shows on hiatus, or they just weren't on. Yeah, like Thursday and Friday, there was nothing. And Most uh, of Wednesday, too. Yeah, yeah. A number of shows on the regular networks were just gone. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because I think some of them like had had extra episodes earlier on in the year where we had like debates and such. Yep. So they were ahead of the game a little bit. So we're all caught it, up now. It all, uh, yes, it all averages out. But, uh, you know, this week up and coming is a big week, uh, for those DC CW shows. Mm, yes. As we got the big, uh, invasion crossover. Yes, the make or break four night crossover event. Yes, I myself am gonna wait till I have all four episodes loaded up there on the CW app. Interesting. Before I, before I watch them all. I'm gonna watch them all, uh, side by each. Sounds like you'll be uh, avoiding the internet for a little bit because I imagine that the headlines will be out there in full force. Well, you know, all you really got to do is just unfollow com- comic book resources for the week and you're pretty much good to go. Mm, that's true. Or block them or whatever because that's, that's, those are the big, uh, those are the dicks that give the spoiler in the, uh, clickbait headline. Yeah, yeah. Whereas others are more like, uh, oh, I can't believe this happened on this show. And then you have to click to go, oh, my God, what happened? And then you click on it and it's like, oh, this is really disappointing news. Or how about just like a standard thing, say, let's discuss last night's episode of Flash. Yeah. Do they really have to say, you will believe the fate of blank character from last night's Flash? Yeah. Or are you angry that... Flash got killed, or you know, like yeah. obviously that didn't happen, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like that's that's always a great headline. Yeah, yeah. Laurel's actually dead. I'm glad I didn't watch that episode yet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, Rip's gone missing. What's what's Legends of Tomorrow gonna do now? Excellent. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that one. Yep. But um, yeah. Um, Sunday is like a big night for me for shows. It's like the two shows, two of the shows that I look forward to watching the most are on Sunday night. That would be Ash and, versus Evil Dead and Westworld. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, neither one of them disappointed this week. No. We had predicted that Ash versus Evil Dead was going to be about what happened while Ash was in the asylum because we saw them pull up, but instead it was literally they pulled up and went right in. Right. Yep. And so it, it felt more like a standard episode of Ash versus Evil Dead, unlike the last one. 
Correct. Yeah, it was. It was, but had a really big ending. It did. Um, it, leading up to it, though, the lead up to it was interesting. You know, finding out that the cop and his wife are there, like they weren't there in the last episode. We definitely did not see them, no. And then suddenly it's just like Ball's talking to them, and he's like, well, good thing you came along and got him here. And they're like, yeah, we held up our part of the bargain. And he's like, all right, so, you know, go find your daughter somewhere in this maze. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and she was she was gone from the get-go. But she was actually one of the most fun Deadites that we've had this season because she brought back the uh, the Deadite sense of humor Yes. You know, the, yes, she the security guard shows up for some unknown reason. It's an abandoned asylum. Nobody's there, but for some reason, this guy's there in his yellow jacket, you know, his safety jacket, stabs yeah. him in the forehead with a walkie talkie, buries it in his skull, and then goes, Daddy, look, a unicorn magic is real. Yeah. It was some good dead eye, good dead eye humor. Absolutely. Um, but so you know, um, Kelly blows her away eventually. Yes, uh, eradicates her with uh, with prejudice, and then runs into mom. Dad's head off. Right, right. Which that was no one was upset about that. No, no, because he was the jerk anyways. Yes, and then uh, Linda shows up. Linda, the old flame. Yep, sheriff's wife, and uh, of course, you know, person. <laughs> Yeah, of course, Kelly's just like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll help you find your daughter, but let's go find Ash first. <laughs> um, yeah. Mom saw through that pretty quickly. She did, and then I thought Mom would be, like, going to kill Kelly or something like that, but they didn't go that route, so I was happy about that. Because it's like sometimes when they do, like, the really predictable things, yes, it gets it gets old. I like it when they switch it up a little bit. Right. Yeah, you expected her to be like, you know, well, you killed my daughter. Yeah, but she was possessed. No, but it's your fault, so now I need to kill you. Yeah, precisely. And they didn't do that. And then, of course, Ash was just pretending the whole time, apparently. That was all his plan. His ill-conceived, not really laid out well plan. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they they get ball down, and... uh they say the incantations, Pablo does, and he's ready to do this because he's the book. And then Ball explodes and he's gone and everyone's happy and they celebrate. And then Kelly says, there's my tough vagina. Yeah. And then Pablo falls in half. Yep. Because he was somehow Ball's finger, which that that fingernail's not that big. No. Somehow managed to slice him directly in half. Yeah, we saw him slash across his stomach. Yeah, but and I figured he just, I, I, I expected his, his intestines to start falling out right. at some point. Yeah. But I didn't expect him to completely be severed in half. Yeah, yeah. It, it was quite a gut wrenching <laughs> moment, pun intended. <laughs> so now, here's my initial thought was like, I wonder if he's really dead. Okay. Or if he's going to be brought back somehow. Because he was embodying the power of the book, so the mortal Correct. body may have died, but... Correct. So, I'm curious how that's going to handle, and, and I'll find out a little bit later when I watch the episode. Yeah. I thought it was uh, very cool, and, and we got to give props here, because, you know, throughout all of the Evil Dead movies, and um, through this series, we've always 
viewed Ash as, you know, he's the hero, but he's also a bit of a schmuck. You know, his one oh, the massive go to Jacksonville, Florida, of all places. Yeah. And, right. you know, he's, he's the loser. He's the lovable loser, but he's, it's always been one of those, like, uh, the greatest American hero kind of thing. Like, why does this guy have the power? But, That's exactly what it is. But he earned his stripes in this one because he was hunting them all down, you know, under Ball's influence and, you know, stalking them through the hallways and looking really menacing and really creepy in his little brown outfit there. And then reveals at the last second, oh, no, I was playing you all along, Ball. You never took over my mind. I <laughs> These guys bet me that I couldn't get you and the book in the same room. and <laughs> This was my plan, and I did it. So... You know, kudos to this guy for having the fortitude to not be destroyed by Ball's mind tricks. Yep. Yeah. Well, Ash has always proved, you know, through the uh, through the movies that for whatever reason he is the chosen one, and he can just—he's got the chops. He is the Hefe. Yeah, he's got the chops. Yep. Stan Bush might say he's got the touch. He's got the power. Yeah. He's going to light their darkest hour. That's right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Love it. Uh, um, but two more episodes left this season. We got tonight. We got next week. Feels like uh, we're going to be saying that about a few shows that we've got going on this week. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's either the season's over or it's that, that new fall finale, they like to call it. But, um, yeah. oh, no, actually, yeah, there's three shows that are going to Well, there's one that's done this week. Yep. Stand, ver- stand against evil, and yep. then now uh, this one in Westworld, they're going to be done in a couple weeks. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Dirk Gently for me uh, only has two yep. more episodes left. And- yep. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, th- it was a good episode. Uh, I'm eager to see what happens in the last two episodes because it's – remember how we were talking earlier that – uh, seeing the book thrown into the trunk and go to hell and everything like that, it felt yeah. like a season finale. And yes, yet we were did. only halfway through the season. So now they've stopped Ball. Uh, the human embodiment of the book has been sliced in half and is apparently dead. Again, feels yeah. like a season finale. But it's not. You know, the book, the book can do time travel because it sent true. Ash back in time. Yep. Do you think they'll try to do that again to somehow bring Pablo back? Maybe, but if they did, it would be very ambitious for that show. Like, so far, the show has been pretty straightforward. And I think if they did that, then they'd start dipping into Army of Darkness territory, which they don't have the rights to, according to you. So it might be right. trickier for them to do. Right, right. I don't know. Somehow it just popped in my brain. But No, um, it's a good thought. Because they have done the time travel, but yeah. yeah. they've gone there before, but yeah, in movie form. I mean, really, what would they be doing? You know, would they be going back in time two days or something like that? And- no, yeah. And then they'd be dealing, well, I mean, it could be done in a comical way because they'd be dealing with seeing themselves. Right, right. Could be like a uh, time loop kind of thing. Yeah. I do enjoy a good, well-done time loop. Mm. I'll mention that later. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. There's a few shows that have done a good time loop. Yep. Uh, and a few Stargate, that have done terrible ones. Stargate SG-1 was a good time loop. Yep. Um, Supernatural 
And the mystery spot episode oh, God, was just spot. phenomenal because in that time loop, Dean comically died every time, which oh. from being killed by a tiny dog to a piano dropped on him to choking on food to being electrocuted from the, <laughs> you know, plugging something in to, yep. I mean, you know, everything. It, it was, it was some good stuff. It was good, good, good stuff. stuff. Yep. Uh, so anyways, um, Westworld. Whew. Westworld. Big episode. Huge episode. A lot of stuff going on in it. Yep. A lot of stuff. Um, you know, we find out that, uh, Bernard, uh, Ford has Bernard staged Teresa's death to look like an accident. Yep. And, and to connect all the dots of, oh, she had a yes. transmitter and the data and was going up to where the woodcutter was who was transmitting data. So yep. yeah, made it very convenient. Link that all together. Yep. Um, Bernard was feeling. What, hold on, real quick. What I'd like to do is I kind of like to. You know how the show jumps around. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to just tell. I'd like to do the individual stories. Sure. If that's all right, because like you know, Bernard's story ends at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyways, uh, he basically is racked with guilt about this, and yep. he wants his memory to be deleted so he doesn't remember. Right. So and that Ford promises his, him that if he does what he says. Yep. And so that's why he does everything he does. And, you know, his interactions with Teresa will then be going from a romantic one to have never happened and they were just colleagues. But what I found was interesting is he says, have you ever had me do this before? And Ford says, well, no, of course not. And then it jumps really quickly to a flash of Bernard with Evie. Elsie. I mean, yeah, Elsie. Evie's uh, standing against evil. Elsie. Um, she's alive and she's struggling, but he's got her around the throat and everything. Yeah. We don't know if she, we still don't know if she's dead, if she's alive, where she is. All we know is that Bernard doesn't know where she is, except for that flash. And officially at work, she's listed as being just on vacation or on leave or something like that. So someone's altered her, you know, like her work. Mm hmm. Whatever it is, not schedule, but yeah, basically her schedule to show that she's on some sort of leave, requested leave. So, right. So who else? So is it, was Arnold controlling Bernard? I think that Ford was, I think that whatever happened, Ford was behind it and then wiped Bernard's memory, but see how everybody else is remembering uh, things. So, yeah. So I think that Ford lied to him and now he's going to realize that Ford lied to him because okay. he got that memory. I just assumed Ford was actually being honest and that they were just doing another twist. But, yeah, I guess it would make more sense or simplify it more that Ford was lying. And I think that it's Arnold's code that is making them have their memories. And it's because Arnold, whether he's still alive or not, is pissed that Ford does this kind of stuff. You know, Ford basically uses them as his minions and then wipes their memories. Yeah, but now in this episode, they hinted that Arnold maybe needed to be killed for whatever his plan was to come to fruition mm. and that Wyatt's the one that killed him or Dolores. And then, and then there's well, the, one of the big rumors I read was that Dolores is Wyatt. Mm, interesting. Which I, I find that to be weak sauce. Yeah. I don't know that I would appreciate yeah. that as much. But sticking with the uh, the whole Ford thing and Bernard thing real quick, uh, we know we see Charlotte, who's the the board woman there, convinces Lee the he's one that writes the narratives and mm-hmm. and whatnot to to smuggle data out. Yeah, 
and and basically he tells her how impossible it is. We don't know what's happening there. That's just that that just started that little story arc. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, so we had that story going on, and in mm-hmm. the meantime, we've got the continuation of Maeve. That story is going deeper and deeper. Yeah, because she's really becoming much more self-aware to the point where she says, I know that it's what, the C6 vertebrae that has an explosive device in it, and if any of us tries to get outside the barriers of this place, it explodes and takes us with it. And So she's very clever, very self-aware, and very much has a plan for getting herself out of here. Yes, and she's going to make Felix and Sylvester do what she wants to get out of there. Yep, yep. First she wanted to know about her past, and then she just says, you know, to hell with that, I just want to get out of here. Because her past, she realizes, is just her past. Even though by the end of the episode, we find out a lot more about her past. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah, she, she decides, you know, my past is in the past, and I'm going to be over here moving on with my life and write a new story. Yep. And she certainly does get the, uh, the story writing part about it. Um, so she had found some different code inside of her. Some things that were, she said that they were just outside of her reach. Things she was meant to do, but they were locked away and she couldn't get access to them and that bothered her. Yeah. And now, unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken, was that the, um, the memory codes of her daughter, right? I think so, but she said that it was stuff she was supposed to do. So was it, um, was she, does she have a, a bigger play in this? Like, is the reason that she's waking up because she was always one of Arnold's picks to, you know, take down the place like he wanted? Or was it because she's got the daughter and, you know, she was supposed to be more motherly than she is now type of thing? What were, you know, I'm not sure if the stuff that was locked away was just her other personality, you know, the frontier woman that it turns out the man in black murdered just to see if he could feel anything. You know, was that what was locked away in her or was, is there something more sinister, you know, a weapon, so to speak? Right, because, well... We find uh, tremendously huge the reason why uh, the man in black, you know, we keep seeing that scene where she's in the farmhouse hiding and he walks in and kills her or shoots her and everything. And, and the man in black describes why he did it, why he went down this dark road is because his wife died. He was distraught and he just wanted to see how evil he could be. Rather, he randomly chose Maeve and her daughter when she was in the frontier or not. Yep. But he, that's what he did. He did just say, you know, oh, I just found this frontier woman and her daughter. Yeah. And he had been to the park a number of times. Yeah. So he killed her daughter, then injured her, and or killed – she she shot her, that's right. And she No, he, he stabbed he, her, remember? Stabbed her, that's right. I'm sorry, you're right. Her. Stabbed her. It was a gut wound. Yep. And she didn't die, and she picked – he's like, I, I, she did something I'd never seen before, where she truly seemed to be alive as she picked up her daughter and walked out of there with her. And then yeah. even then, when they brought her down in the basement for whatever, she was just screaming and mm-hmm. screaming and distraught. And 
which brought us around to Ford and Bernard again, because exactly. they were the ones who were erasing those old memories in her, and they couldn't she, even do that. Nope. No, they had to do like a hard reboot, and that's why she became the the yeah. poorhouse, the madam. Yeah. Because um, she jumped up and stabbed herself in the throat while she was supposed to be knocked out. Yep. And she wanted, she wanted to keep that memory. She wanted to keep the pain she was feeling of her yes. daughter because that's the only thing she has left of her. Yes. Which is a very human trait, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, until they erased it and everything. But yeah, I mean, so there's a lot more to Maeve than, than we know or we knew or and there's the, always been something to her, if you will. Right. And of course they had to throw in more of the maze symbolism because the maze yep. appeared where she and her daughter fell on the ground. Yep. Yeah, they fell right in the middle of it. Um, Which, it was, ever since they told us what that is, it is everywhere. It really is. Uh, interesting. I was pointing this out to someone that I was talking to. Might have been Kelly, uh, but interesting that now we've got the man in black has a backstory. Yes, you know, yes, no humans have backstories. Until, you know, the first one to have a backstory was Bernard, and then it turned out that Bernard was a host. And now he gives us a very specific backstory. But the other thing, too, is, though, is we've seen – there was somebody else earlier, like another guest recognized the man in black from the quote-unquote real world, remember? Right. Yeah, Something like that man gets his whatever he wants. He's like, oh, you know, like you saved my wife's life. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, shut up or I'll fucking kill you. Right. So it was just like, oh, okay, never mind. But that's the thing is maybe he was a real person who killed himself in the, uh, in the park or something along those lines, you know? And maybe this is a host version of him. Huh. I didn't consider that. I, I don't know. It, it was, it just perked up my curiosity as soon as he had a backstory. Because he's been very careful yep. about not revealing any details about himself. Well, and then you have William. Yep. Who we've got some more backstory about William. And one of the biggest things now where people are saying, oh, th- because remember back like episode two, I said, I think William is the man in black and it's two different timelines. Yes. And then there was all the thing, all these things came up to prove me wrong or make me think, ah, it's probably not then. And then now it's slowly coming back around where it's like done a 180 and they're like, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Because like the knife, well, this week, the man in black, when him and Teddy, uh, rescue that girl Mm -hmm. and she turns around and he goes, Oh, I thought they retired you, but I guess Ford never could do away with a pretty face. Yep. Of course that was the girl that William was that introduced William to, Westworld, that was his first right. host interaction, if you will. Which, when I first saw her, I thought that it was the new girl at the whorehouse, the new Clementine Pennyfeather, but yep, yep. it's not. It's, it's, you're right, it's the girl who introduced him and walked him yep. down the ramp there and... And offered sex to him and he refused and everything. Yep. So yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That we meet her. And then we see her again in the episode when Dolores is having that flashback to what was like 35 years ago when they're in that town and they're teaching them how to dance. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, uh, I had to remember. They're, call- they're calling that the beta town. You know, yes, when which they is were where everybody out. 
Yep. And you see her walk walking across the street with an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, she's been there a long time. Yes. And then we see Dolores back there. And she's remembering having lived there before. But now the rumor is, oh, maybe she's actually Wyatt. I don't think that that is possible. Or she had something to do with it because you see all those people have been killed. And then it cuts to she's going to shoot herself in the head. Right. And William stops her. Yeah. But that would mean that, say, Dolores' story with William is only like five years ahead of that scene of them in town, the the parasail and all, you know, with the umbrella and all that stuff. Yeah. But, and so this is where, this is where in my mind also the William is not the man in black theory comes to an end or whatever, because, all right, Dolores is hearing everything from Arnold, mm-hmm. as is everybody else in the quote unquote current time. So that would mean that this happened twice. So I, I, I'm still going with, it really does seem like maybe he is the man in black, but, there's too much for me otherwise, timeline-wise, lining up that it doesn't make sense because Dolores is hearing Arnold's voices and, and everything else just like Maeve is now mm-hmm. and Bernard is and or you know what I mean and the other people are currently. So if she really was there 30 years ago with William, then – you know, how was this not noticed in the last or didn't happen between the, in that 30 year gap? Right. And if that is the case, then where's Dolores now? Because Teddy and the man in black are currently looking for Dolores. Right. But don't forget, we have seen the man in black take Dolores into the barn and rape her and yes. kill Teddy in the process. So he has had Correct. these interactions with them recently. Yes. And then Teddy remembers that because mm-hmm. yep. he's hearing the voices and he has a memory of, of, of the man in black dragging Dolores into the barn and, uh, knocks his ass down. Yes, he does and ties him up. Yeah. But you can't kill him. Nope. But can't you have to him. wonder, is, can he not kill him because he's human or can he not kill him because he's programmed to be the good guy? And his backstory was now he murdered all because those people. he he unloaded the Gatling gun on those army people, and those army people did nothing wrong. Those army people were trying to uh, kill him. They they would have killed him. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, Be for being the bad guy he was. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. The, There's uh, a lot there. The the head security guy there, or QA guy, or whatever he is. Um, he always reminds yes. me of a wrestler on Blacklist. They look like oh my god, others. he does. <laughs> um, but he now, you know, he went to Bernard and offered his condolences on Teresa. And Bernard was like, I don't know why you're asking me or why you're talking to me about this. I barely knew her. And he's like, well, I mean, you were discreet, but we're paid to know this stuff. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, I get the sense that he kind of has a, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That did happen. Mm-hmm. So he could always just dismiss it as well. He's just, that's how he's grieving. But yep. I don't know. It was a good episode. It was. Um, <coughs> yeah, it was. 
the man in black's backstory was a little too like like i said he's been silent for so long i actually wrote it down you know teddy asked him who he was and he said that he i'm a god i'm a titan of industry i'm a philanthropist married to a beautiful woman father to a beautiful daughter and then talks about how last year his wife took the wrong pills and fell asleep in the tub. He tried to console his daughter at the funeral, but she pushed him away and said that it was his fault, that every day with him was torture, and that mom killed herself. She was trying to get away. Um, and that's why he went and killed Maeve, because he wanted to test and see what kind of a person he really was. Was his daughter right? Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. So, again, it was to go from nothing to this explicit specific story that he's spilling his guts to Teddy about just seemed like very, um, 180. Yeah. I can see why you'd have your suspicions then. Yep. About him being a host or this for, or it is currently a host now or, um, the, uh, yeah, Maeve actually in the, flashback where he remembered uh, killing her, she yep. cut his throat. She didn't kill him, but she lashed out and cut his throat. Do you think that's why he has that bandana around his neck all the time? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Haven't we seen a scar under that? Yes, we have. Yeah. So, And that's interesting because, again, if they're not supposed to be able to kill humans, that was pretty darn close to killing. Yep. And it's the same thing that she did to Sylvester. Which, but Sylvester is still alive as far as we know because she saved him because she had Felix fix his neck or something. Right. But it's funny that she yeah. would go for the throat on both of them. You know, back then yeah. that's what she did. And now when she's like ready to prove <laughs> that she can do it, she did that. And she now seems to have the power of a god like Ford does. Oh, oh she can control every host. Like she narrates. Yes. So interesting. You know, she's like, the bartender suddenly realized that he had to go out back and check for some yep. whiskey. And he's like, yep. mm, and he just walks out back. Well, at first I thought it was odd that she sent him out back, but then when the guy showed up in town, I'm like, oh, the bartender always gets killed. Right. So she was saving him, if you will. Right. But she had a big plan, and it kind of went to pot. Like, she seemed to know what she was doing, and then she didn't. I think what she wanted to see is that if she could actually have them get away with the heist, because they've never gotten away with the heist before. How many times it's probably, she's probably now realizes how many times she's witnessed them do this. They've never made a way off, made off of the safe. And this time they did. Right. So it's almost like, she's like, okay, I can change what happens. Yep. And then they kind of turned on her and she had to run and distract by sending other guys out there. Yes. Well, no, they tried to um, – the park staff tried to get her. Right, right. And so they were sending the uh, other host after her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. The, the, yeah, the park – because they realized something was up with her and they wanted to check her out. Right. So uh, it's going to be a great episode. Two left. We've got tonight and then one more next week. And then we're done for the first season. But the second season has been renewed. So we're definitely. Yeah. 2018 is what I heard. Yeah. But that just tells me that it's because they're going to do it right. Exactly. If they were, they're not going to rush it. Yep. I, I can wait. If they're doing, you know, I, I can wait for quality over Absolutely. quantity. You know. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
Yeah, I think that covers everything for me. For Westworld, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even know if Elementary is on. I haven't watched an episode in weeks. Um, it was on. I I half watched it. Yeah. I don't remember what it was about. I want to say it had something to do with um the guy that she helped out. She got her her estranged sister. You know that last season they she found out she had a sister and her sister's yeah. in real estate. So her sister helped get this guy an apartment and. That was like the backstory. Yeah, I don't know yep. much about it. It it's definitely become a background show for me. It's not that it's bad, it's just I can put it on and kind of zone out to something else. Yeah, it's not it's not it, Westworld where I sit there and take note after note and pause and rewind and Yeah. And just kinda yeah, sit there and pay attention to it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I completely get that. I completely get that. Um, so, Gotham. Gotham. Nigma capture, captures Butch. No one can find them, but Nigma does, because he apparently goes into the restaurant that he loves still to get their food, which seems like a really dumb thing to do. I can't think of the other uh, girl's name now, but... Tabitha. Uh, to Tabitha, you think Tabitha would be smart enough to not allow him to go to the same restaurant he always goes to right. or order from there or anything, you know, but, you his know, favorite a, meal. He's a stereotypical mobster, so. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, Nigma has him, tortures him. That's his storyline. Cuts off her hand. Barbara finally shows up to save him. and Oh, no. He doesn't cut off her hand. He gives her the choice. Oh, that's right. Either yeah, either let Butch. Yeah. Either kill Butch or lose the hand, and she chooses to lose the hand eventually. But, but she doesn't at first. She's like, Butch, yeah. look, I'm sorry. Like, okay. I'm not ready to like commit that part. to somebody. I'm not ready to be in love. You know, like, sorry, you're a nice buddy. guy, but uh, I don't know about that. And then he's just like, yes, go ahead. I'm fine. I killed that woman. I shot her in the head, and the last thing she did was she cried out, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, that's so romantic. Now I'll lose my hand instead. Yeah. And then Nigma's like, wait a second. She got her brakes cut. Yep. He didn't kill her. So, so, so after all that with Barbara, like traipsing around town, tracking him down, you know, because she's apparently a better detective than anybody else either. Yeah. Finds out where he is, shows up there with a gun on Nigma, knows that Nigma has kidnapped them, sees them both tied up, sees blood and gush, guts gushing everywhere, and sees the hand on the floor. Yeah. And Nigma's just like, you might want to put that on ice and walks casually it's away. Ice she steps just, her, yeah. Yeah. She just lets him. She's like, okay. I wasn't really going to use this. Didn't make any sense at all. None. And of course, we got as as the cave turns, the the teenage drama of Bruce and Selena. That's all I got to say about that. God, couples issues. Yeah, when they're teenagers, Uh, if that. The. Owls gang. I can't think of the name of the Court of Owls. Court of Owls. So they think that uh, the key and the necklace that Ivy took, that the Court of Owls is after them, but it turns out it's not. It's other people that want to stop the court. Right. So they're going to work together. So, of course, they are immediately killed by the court. Oh, yeah. Because that's that's how this show works. Yep. Yeah, by the guy who looks like Cato from the Green Hornet. The first time I saw that character, that's who I thought it was supposed to be. <laughs> right. I'm not joking. No, like, me either. 
literally, I thought, okay, that's that's Kato from the Green Hornet, apparently. And then you had to say, wait, was the Green Hornet part of DC? Hmm. Yeah, well, the Batman '66 series and the Green Hornet series from the '60s, you know, from the '60s crossed over together. Yep. So possibly, and but it's definitely an homage. It has to be an homage to Kato. It has to, because he's the got the Hornet. mask and the hat and everything, and yeah. exactly, yeah, everything, and he does martial arts. Yep, really well. Yep. Yeah, he's a great fighter. But then it also turns out that the Court of Owls has been targeting Falcone's son because, you know, they're mad at Falcone. They they don't actually tell him, hey, we're mad at you, so we're going to do this. They just start trying to kill his son, and he has to well, figure no. it out. I, I, no, I actually took that as they weren't mad at Falcone at all. It was something to do with his son. Mm. And that Falcone discovered it and then is just, you know, trying to protect his son because that's what a father does. But they basically, the owl said, fine, we'll leave your son alone, but you should know, you know, there's, there's things you don't know about him. Gotcha. That's where I took, that's what I got from that. That makes more sense then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like how she said, like, we're not afraid of you. And he's like, oh, really? Well, then why did you try to make it look like a mob hit? Because you want me to go after the mob as opposed to coming after you. So clearly you are. And she's like, gulp. Yeah. Um, I'm really surprised that they went with the Court of Owls A period and B this early like the the Court of Owls was a menacing figurehead to Batman and again I know if we go back to the Martin argument this is not the Batman comics I need to stop trying to compare it but you know the Court of Owls was very sinister and very mysterious and this is more just like some old woman who gets her jollies by setting things up with Kato because to me, Nigma is not the Riddler. He's the way they've portraying the character. He's Joker. He's turning into the Joker. Little not bit. the Riddler. Not the Riddler. Yeah. The Riddler was always kind of crazy, but never this crazy. Right. He was more you obsessed know? with being smarter than everybody else. Exactly. Than, than exactly. Having a split personality or anything. So. Um. Yeah. It, it was. Eh. It was. It was mess. Supergirl, the real Hank Henshaw shows up. He is now Cyborg Superman. How do you feel about that? I literally, my note was Cyborg Superman, question mark, really, question mark. It's ridiculous. So he's Hank Henshaw, but he has some cybernetic parts over his eye. And he's like, I am Cyborg Superman. Well, he's more, it's more than just that. I think that's just the part that was exposed. I mean, he could punch really hard and. Yeah, but still, why does, what, like, Cyborg Superman had a place in the comics for a reason. You yes. know? It, it was the whole death and return of Superman thing. This is just yeah. like, we need to find a cool way to introduce a cool character. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just call him Cyborg? Yeah. Oh, he's Cyborg Superman. <sighs> yeah. Um, and, and the story that they had with him and these characters and everything and, you know, Jeremiah showing up, it actually was such a buildup that I'm like, oh, and this will be forgotten because next week's episode is going to be part of the invasion and they won't get back to any of this. Yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) I kind of thought the same thing. Yeah. They like Cadmus designed that visor so that Kara could, uh, you know, deplete her powers by using her heat vision up like she did with Red Tornado. And then Mm -hmm. when she was depleted, they sucked her blood and used that to go to the Fortress of Solitude and and get access to Project Medusa. 
Which we know nothing about, but nope. I'm sure we'll find out eventually. But it's like this whole um, big sinister thing, and we're yep. not going to find out about that until we've forgotten about it. I did like the fact, though, that uh, Kara, when she did get free with Monal, that she did tell uh, Alex where her dad was. Yeah. As yeah, opposed to keep keeping that secret, and then later on we'd get the drama of, you knew where my dad was, and you never told me. And yeah. Was he like was like, f- my dad, too. You know, like, we didn't, that all was avoided. It was yeah. great. It was like the first thing that she did. She's like, I'm safe, but you gotta know. He helped yeah. me get out. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, John Jones kind of being a toolbox imprisoning the white Martian. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that's a Hatfield and McCoy feud. Yep. Going on there, but still, can he take an example here from uh, the Daxonite and uh, the Kryptonian? Exactly, exactly. Instead, he imprisons her and says he's going. Well, he first he was going to kill her, and she was like, "Fine, if that's what you got to do." And then he imprisons her, and then she's like, "You're turning into a white Martian," and he's like, "I don't care." But let me look down at my hand, which will conveniently turn into a white Martian claw right now, just to prove mm. your point. Oh, look at that. Yeah. There it is. But, uh, yeah. But And, of course, the main story in this was the fact that we've had Guardian on the scene for, like, two minutes, and suddenly there's another vigilante out there who's gunning people down, looking the same, looking like the same kind of suit, and murdering people, so now everyone's turning on Guardian. Well, only for that one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they proved that it was some ex-Marine sniper or something. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but Jimmy gave up the fact that uh, – sorry, Wynn gave up the fact that Jimmy was Guardian to Alex real quick. You know, he's like, it's, yeah. it's Jimmy, it's Jimmy, Jimmy is Guardian, Jimmy, 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 Guardian, Guardian, Jimmy. But then they never told Kara. Because at the end, they're all sitting there watching the news report, and Kara's like, well, I wonder if I'll ever be working beside him. And they're like, oh, I'm sure you will. Yeah. And they all kind of like shared a chuckle, the three of them. I hate that Jimmy is Guardian, by the way. I do, too. I think it's stupid. I I would like it better if Wynn was Guardian. You know, he's always been the underdog. He's always been the plucky guy, and he's always been kind of the comic relief for him to be like, I really want to step up. Whereas Jimmy... He's always been friends with Superman. He's always had an in with everybody. He's He's got the bod. He's got the look. He now runs Catco. You know, he's got everything going for him. And he's like, now I won't be a hero, too. Yeah. No, I, I hear what basically when is the uh, eyes and ears of the operation and the tech guy and the and everything. He's, yeah. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. I agree with that. Um, but, yeah, so from what I've read... Next week's episode of Supergirl, the whole episode is not going to be part of the crossover, but the ending sets up her joining the other three shows, which are going to be complete crossovers. Okay. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to how they do it. Me too. I'm looking forward for the whole the whole team up thing. I think it'll be great. It, it has to be at this point. Well, you know, last year's, you know, all these cross episodes have always been good. When it was first just Arrow and Flash, and then last year with Arrow, Flash, and, and Legends, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good this season. It'll be good this season. It's gotta. It's gotta. So, Timeless. Timeless, yes. 
The storyline for me in this episode, unless I completely missed it, I really didn't see the purpose of how this affected the Flynn's backstory or his overall goal of destroying Rittenhouse, other than the goal is to try to trap them back in time. I I kept checking things. I kept rewinding, looking at IMDb. Because I felt like I missed part one of a two-part episode. Yes, me too. It was such a hard open, and yeah. it like it really felt like now on Timeless, you know, part two. Yeah, but it wasn't. And I think what happened was like every other episode, we see them go out into the field and you know go back in time because he's gone to this certain period. I think that we just kind of came in at the tail end of one of those. You know, yes. he's gone back to this key point to do something, and it was all over, and they were getting ready to go home, but they couldn't because, you know, he decided, hey, this time I'll sabotage yep. their ship. Exactly. So I th- I think that there was probably something that he was there to do, and they helped, they, they stopped him, but yep. that wasn't I mean, the important part. It wasn't a bad episode, storyline-wise. I mean, or story-wise, I guess it was decent. Um, looking at the grand scheme of things, it was a different, uh, point of view of the story or mm-hmm. different, you know what I mean? So, I yep. mean, it, it mixed it up a little bit. Yep. While still putting our characters in that fish out of water, you know, back in time scenario. Yep. Um, I didn't, I didn't dislike it or anything like that. It's just, it, like you said, it felt like I was watching part two of yep. a two part episode and I missed part one. Exactly. And, um, it was just weird how it, <sighs> It's like this show really can't have a monster of the week episode. It pretty much has to be completely mythology. Yes. You know, because of the only reason why they're time traveling is because they need to stop Flynn. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's really hard to have a monster of the week episode where, well, we're going to go fight this monster this week. And the next week we're going to get back into that overall storyline arc. Oh, but you know what they could do? Speaking of what we were talking about earlier, they could do a time loop episode. They have a time machine. They could do something like... They need to do a time loop episode. Like, Like, it has to be done. It would have to be Rufus. It would have to be Rufus Rufus waking up over and over again. so funny. And, you know, one time Wyatt will die and one time he'll die. And, you know, it has to be that. Because they could do it and they could make it funny but still pertain to everything else. Yeah. I mean, one of the main storylines in this was Rufus's relationship with the other girl back at headquarters. That we had almost forgotten about because they spent so little time there at headquarters. <laughs> Correct. But apparently he has the hots for her, and she's now realized how much she likes him. And yep. some vague reference to a, to a movie he was a fan of that she really didn't like, I guess. Because one was a Star Trek fan, one was a Star Wars fan. Is how they figured out <laughs> Death Millennium. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, anyways, it wasn't a bad episode. I still enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. Yes. My wife loves this show; absolutely loves it. But um, yeah, yeah, it was just it was nice because it mixed things up. But I, they're not going on a hiatus, right? No, they're not. Not yet. No, not right off. So. And, um, yeah, what did yeah. I, uh, God, I want to say, like, I was looking ahead on my DVR just to make sure that things weren't going to be conflicting, because I'm adding in that show Incorporated when it comes on this week. But 
I saw the write-up on one of the episodes, and it sounded very interesting, but it sounded like the type of thing they'd go out for the winter on. Yeah. Which, what show are you talking about? Timeless. Oh, Timeless, okay. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that I did appreciate about this show was that they introduced us to The Protocol, and it was the fact yes. that somebody on the show who was writing for the show thought ahead enough and said, well, what happens if they break down in the past? You know, they'd have to have some kind of way to contact the future, and it's not yeah. going to be shortwave radio. So they had the tube, and, you know, you will put it this far out in front of the ship, and they know yeah. where the ship touched down. You know, they said we sent them to yeah. these coordinates back then. So they know that it's there. And, you know, how did you get the entire neighborhood to clear out? Oh, we said there's we're from the CDC and there was a leak. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so it was nice that they took the time to explain that kind of thing, you know? Yes, that was cool. And then, of course, the, the tube cracked. And that's why they couldn't read the paper because it faded all those years. Right. She was able to piece together the words based on, a, a you know, a phrase he said. And, yep. Death Millennium. <laughs> yeah. The de- Got to pull us in like a tractor beam, like the Death Star did to the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a decent episode, though. It was. I enjoyed it. I know. I, I skipped over them. I didn't watch any of them. Did you watch were, – were I don't even know if they were on, but did you watch the Sunday Night Fox lineup there? Um, I did, but – there were only a couple of them on. I will say this. Family Guy is the one that stands out the most. And it was another anthology. Um, oh, I like those. Remember how they did the three Stephen King stories? Yes. Well, this one was kind of funny because it opens up on Peter in a library. And he's like, hi, I bet you're wondering why I'm in this library here. Well, it's because I crashed my car into some rich guy's house. And he locked me in the library while he called the police. Don't believe me? And he walks over to the window and there's his car <laughs> on the side of this guy's house. And the guy's like, I don't know. He had these crazy eyes. And he kept saying, I don't care. And Peter goes, I don't care. Like screaming it out the window. Nice. So then, like, when he comes back from the first story, he's hiding in the attic. And then in the third story, he's been taken down by the cops. But they were all um literary books that you should have read in high school. So the first one was The Great Gatsby. The second one was um Huck Finn. And the third one was oh, Of Mice and Men. And, of course, you know, they've got, like, six minutes for each one of them. So they're very condensed versions. But they pointed out a lot of the flaws. You know, The Great Gatsby was really funny to watch and have him, like, point out every flaw. Like, you know, you, I'm going to kill you because you were standing next to the car that my wife was seen standing next to earlier in the day. So that must mean that you're the reason that she got run over. It was it, it was really good. It, weak overall episode, just because if you haven't read the books, then... The jokes aren't going to be as funny, I guess, but it, it wasn't bad. It was kind of fun. I'd still watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Simpsons, I don't even remember what it was. Son of Zorn was not on. Um, I think Bob's Burgers was on, but I don't remember what it was either. So, yeah. Fair enough. And, I just and, didn't want to forget about them. And I will say Walking Dead was very... Anticlimactic. Oh, yeah. Walking Dead was on. I forgot all about it. Yeah. It, this one was, we caught up with Maggie and Sasha, who after the big massacre of, you know, Glenn and Abraham, they took off on foot to the hilltop because the hilltop has the doctor and they have the medicine and Maggie's very sick because the placenta detached from 
the inside of her body and the baby was in risk, but she's okay, but she needs Placenta to be detached from the uterine wall. Yeah. So she, she's got to be careful. She's got to be on some bed rest and, you know, take it easy. But of course this is the walking dead. So she can't do that. And the leader of the hilltop wanted them out and Jesus said, no, we're not gonna. And then the saviors got very creative. They, uh, in the middle of the night, they broke into the hilltop, uh, left the gate wide open, set some bonfires, and then had this little hatchback car, like a little gremlin-type car, that they had welded everything shut on it, and then cranked it on and turned on the radio full blast so that all the walkers in the area were drawn to it. And then their plan was to go in and slaughter the walkers and tell the hilltop, hey, you still need us, see? See, you need us here to make sure that you don't die from these guys. Because that's the kind of protection that they offer. You know, the 1950s gangster type. See, I don't want to watch the show based on your description. <laughs> Every week, the more you describe the show, the less I makes me want to go watch it again. Or try to get back involved with it. Then it's good that you haven't gotten back involved with it. I did see like a meme. A Walking Dead meme. Uh over Black Friday or something like that. And it was Negan and the old timey, like old timey, uh, looking one or whatever, like, you know, fifties or sixties mm-hmm. type look with a bunch bag of, and it has a bunch of bags, like shopping bags or whatever. And, and the, the meme says, uh, just make sure you buy two of everything on this Black Friday. Cause remember I get half of all your stuff or something like that. Ah, uh, it was funny. Gotcha. That, that did make me chuckle. Yep. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I just, yeah, I, you know, I, the big thing this week that I keep seeing pop in my timeline is stuff to do with Carl and him being killed, perhaps, or is he, is he going to be killed or this or that? And I just find myself going, I don't care. Yep. Cause now he's stowing away in the back of one of the trucks that's heading to where the saviors are cause he wants to kill Negan. <laughs> And well, that's no surprise. Yeah, he's failed a couple of times so far, so I, I don't know why he thinks he'll be successful this time. But, you know, he's plucky. He's a go-getter. As in he had an eye plucked out. <laughs> oh, did he? Well, he got shot out, but yeah. Shot out. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no shield, right? Correct. They're but done he is for a while. Back this next week. Yeah. Uh... The middle was the uh, typical Thanksgiving episode. Um, Axel going, God, a lot. Well, and actually, the storyline was is uh, everyone hates Axel's girlfriend, and <laughs> but they pretend to like her, and she is so dumb. I mean, like she, the, the character is just numb as all get out. Like she walks in. Brick has got a job, so he's got his work uniform on for his job working at a, a, a potato place. So, you know, it's a fast food restaurant that specializes in potatoes. And she walks in and she goes, oh, hi, I'm April. And Brick's like, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm Brick. Oh, I didn't recognize you in uniform. Thank you for your service. You know what I mean? Like, that's how dumb uh, her character is. Gotcha. And so Frankie finally has enough and basically just tells Axel that – uh you're, you're not good. She's not good enough for you. She's an idiot on it and just rips into him about it. And so of course Axel's now MIA. But anyhow, um, yeah. Is it one of those that she's so dumb, but she's so attractive or is she um, not even that attractive? 
I, I don't find her attractive, but you know, people have different tastes. Right there, so. No, she's not actually. I don't. Even, she might have. I, I just noticed that the the TV is no longer playing Gilmore Girls. So she may have gone upstairs for all I know. Gotcha. And gone to bed. Oh no, she's in earshot. But no, <laughs> I, I think she's supposed to be. But I, yeah, I, I don't see it. Gotcha. Um, Flash. Flash. Um, so a lot happened this episode as far yeah. as Wally is Kid Flash. Yep. Yep. You know, Joe forced him out of his, uh, cocoon. Cocoon. Oh, I didn't want to call it a cocoon. I wanted to call it something else. Um, Husk. nope. I, I had it earlier in the week and I didn't write it down and I almost just said it, but I can't think of it. It's what the, uh, the amber got him out of his amber. Okay. You know what I'm, that, Ala, um, oh gosh, Jurassic this is terrible. Park. No! The J.J. Abrams show on Fox that we oh, really liked yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, from it Fringe. It started, Fringe, yes, yes. Talk about a show that took a hard left turn in that last season. I've still never watched the last four episodes. You haven't? I haven't. I've meant to go back because. It's been years. Yes, I love the show, but like, I fell out in the last two seasons. And I just couldn't bring myself to finish it. That last season was so different. Yeah. Like when the show started, I loved it because I'm like, oh, this is the new Mm X-Files. It was. But better, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I I actually will go there with you. And then season two, I'm going like, where where are they going with this? Yep. You know, I just kind of then when they did the last season the way they did it, you know, where it's in the future and it's just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as good, in my opinion. It, it felt like they had to rush to finish up their story. Like, they probably I had see, three or four more seasons planned yes. out, and they didn't get a chance to tell those. So they're like, let's encase everybody in carbonite, and we'll wake them yeah. up in, in a few Amber. years. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow. So Wally is Kid Flash. Wally's Kid Flash. Caitlin has basically embraced her Killer Frost, but initially embrace that I must be evil. And then by the end, like, oh, wait, I can be Killer Frost and not be evil. Right, because Barry basically says, kill me. Go ahead. Kill me. Do it right now. Yeah. Kill me. And she can't do it because nope. she's not really evil. But she's come close. She, yeah. she gave him the kiss of death. I mean, basically, you know, he he said, I, I triple dog dare you. And she she, yeah. she kowtowed, you know. Yeah. Um, but the biggest revelation is well, yeah. Is that Julian is alchemy? <laughs> I called it. Yep, Julian's alchemy. Yep. Um, now, is, do you think he's aware that he's alchemy? They they made it look like he was kind of stunned, you know. And Savitar's voice did say, you know, you need to be alchemy again because he is such a pompous, arrogant blowhard. Mm-hmm. His morals and his moral compasses is just pointed so rigidly that he would be such a tremendously huge hypocrite if he was aware of what was going on. Yeah, and the thing is, I I get the sense that it's one of those he knows but he doesn't know, um, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. No, it does make sense. It does make sense. Like, Cause he said, you know, he was like, I need you to do this. And he walked right over and got the stuff. You know, he's like, yep, here we go. 
he pulled the outfit right out, but he looked kind of, I don't know, like confused, but not confused type of thing. It, it's mind control. Well, here's the thing. Alchemy's big thing has been that he is unlocking people who were metas in the other timeline. Yeah. And so these are people who have memories of themselves as metas, and he helps them unlock. So, like, you know, the rival and Magenta. <sighs> yeah. It could be that he was Alchemy in the other timeline, and he's the first one to remember it. Yeah, so true. in this timeline, he was not alchemy, but then he remembered it, and so he's had the life of this, you know. As but Julian. then, how is Savitar controlling him? It, dude, Savitar is a god. I mean, did you see? Like, he doesn't just move fast; he moves imperceptibly fast. Like yeah, Zoom was the, slow um, compared to this guy. He's the Hindu god of something. speed. Speed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just simply speed. That's true. And yeah. the fact that he was warping Barry across town without moving, essentially. He just yeah. wanted to be there and was there. He moves so fast that nobody can see him except for speedsters. I mean, there's a lot going on with this guy. So basically, I think if he wants you to do something, you're going to do it. I don't Makes think that sense. he has to do mind control or anything. I think it's he says go. You're like, yep, okay. Yeah. It, it's funny too. We've gotten a lot more of Julian in the past couple episodes. Yeah. Talk about being typecast. Like this poor kid was Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. And now he's basically the same sniveling toady weasel. I'm better than you, but I'm not really better than you schmuck in Flash. I've never seen the Harry Potter movies, so I. It, he's the same character. You know, yep. he, he was always the rival. He was always the, my parents are rich. My parents are better than you. I'm stronger than you. <laughs> I have thugs around me. And, you know, you hated him. You always hated him for being such a sniveling, whiny, rich little twat. And he's that character again in this. Yeah, I guess that is some typecasting going on then. Yep. Poor guy. I, uh... I'm kind of glad that the, the whole Wally storyline's where it is. Yep. Um, cause I guess he'll be helping now. Yeah. I would assume. And we don't have to deal with that anymore. But essentially now, you know, like Joe and, and Iris are the only ones that don't have powers. Yep. Yep. Um, and probably Joseph Iris will never have powers. I hope not. It would be kind of ridiculous if they all did. Yes. Yep. But um, um, I still love the show. I do too. Although I have to say they really took a turn towards jumping the shark this week with Caitlin taking Julian hostage and then yeah. telling him, I need you to use your laptop and write an algorithm that will check all oh, search know. history for God. And it was ridiculous. Yeah, that was her whole reasoning for kidnapping him was definitely asinine because, like, Cisco couldn't do that for her. Yeah, it, like, oh, mm. it it was, you know, I found two people who did internet searches on the word Savitar. 
Well, isn't that yeah. lucky that you happen to have computer skills that nobody in the world has? Bravo. Yeah, weak sauce. Yeah. Absolutely weak sauce. Yeah, it was very weak sauce. Like, for a show that has come up with some very creative ways, like HR saying this time, you know, hey, how did you catch your Captain Cold? Well, we reconfigured satellites to look for decreases in cold. There you go. That's That's good. That's yeah. comic book type stuff. But, you know, I need you to write an algorithm, and he's just like, let me fly my fingers across the keyboard. <sighs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And apparently, okay, so you notice that Greg Grunberg was in this episode. Apparently, he's going to be recurring on the show for some unknown reason. He had, like, the smallest part. He was basically, you know, Central City PD officer number 12. Yep. And he's going to be a regular for some reason. Hmm. All right. Well, I figured they sometimes do Kevin that. Smith and, you know, he was trying to bring in more geeky guys because they're on that show together. Uh, right. Geeking out. And I was like, oh, he's just bringing his friend in. But no, apparently he's going to be there for a bit. Oh, well. Well. Yeah. Well, they do that on other shows like Law and Order. They'll use the same extras, I guess, if you will. Right. Until they make them full. <laughs> people cast and, members yeah yep, change it um, um yeah and, and Barry is no longer a CSI now yeah part of the deal was for her, Julian not to rat out Caitlin was that Barry had to quit so he did yep just gave up easy but Barry does just give up easy he does when it comes to you know family and friends because he's feeling some insane guilt. Like, he was feeling guilty enough when he created Flashpoint, and now every week it seems like these people who were like, we don't want to know what happened in Flashpoint, they're like, well, tell us now. So, you know, yeah. this week it was, oh, by the way, Cisco, your brother was fine. He was living a happy life. You two had reconciled, and then he's dead because Barry. Yeah. You two talk about it. I'm going to go over here. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was... It was brutal, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is us was new this week. Yeah, and what a great episode! It was a great episode. It was uh, it was a big episode of how we learned about their Thanksgiving traditions, <laughs> which was great the way that they did it. Yes, you know, it like, was we're gonna do this why, and then cut back to the past, and you see why. Right, you know, in the beginning there, when he's like, you know, I got to run to the store and do this. And yes, I won't forget craft singles and saltines, and I'm like, what in the yeah. hell is that? That's disgusting. But then by the end, we find out why, and it's touching. Yeah, or like McGill saying, like, can I can I wear the hat this year? Yeah. <laughs> no dice, pal. Yeah, Dad oh, wore yeah. the hat. And now Randall and I take turns wearing the hat, so uh, it's not going to happen. Yep. Can you believe this guy? <laughs> Police Academy 3. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a great movie Police Academy 3 was. <laughs> I like how they have a VHS copy. Of course they do. And the VCR, because, it, you know, <sighs> tradition can be a good thing. It can also be a very limiting thing. And I understand why they do this one because, you know, it's one thing if it's a tradition like, well, we've just always done this. But when it has a significance like that, you know, this was the first Thanksgiving that mom said, you know what? To hell with my parents. They're not going to control us this year. We're I like how the our kids, own Thanksgiving. And- all the kids hate Thanksgiving because, um, um, Mom is a spaz. That's how mom, yeah, I love the uh, the comment of like your voice gets all high. When you're- 
Um, and then I like it when she goes out to talk to her mom on the phone, like, and she's like, no, I, she goes, um, well, I'm calling you now because I just got to a phone to call you. And it's like, that's right. Cause I didn't have cell phones and that's right. how it was. Like, no, I wasn't trying to ruin things. Yes. I know how hard you worked. <laughs> yep. Can you just send it? You know what? Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> um, we also had uh, a little bit with Olivia and Kevin. You know, he invites her to Thanksgiving, promising yes. her how messed up it'll be. And, and it uh, was. Yep. But she kind of like bails early. Yeah, he gave I her the like, pie. Yes. And then after the whole McGill thing, she's like, I've got to get out of here. Yep. And so. I kind of got it, but I, I liked how William took her aside. And he was like, look, you know, this, 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 this. And when a handsome boy who obviously has something for you offers you a piece of pie, you say yes. It was good. Um, <laughs> um, yes, William's speech was awesome. So, the one thing, go ahead. <laughs> You're going to say that you didn't like the whole Kate and Toby thing, right? The whole Kate and Toby thing, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't at all. either. Because basically she's like, I told you I couldn't date someone that was fat. And then he's like, yeah, but aren't I worth it? And she's just basically like, no. Yeah. When, when she last says it week, like super politely, but yeah. she just says, no, you're not worth it. Which, I mean, you know, when you're struggling, it is hard to see someone sitting there eating, you know, the greatest tasting food that's the worst for you. And you're trying to be, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I, I've been there. I was there yeah. with, with one of my exes way back. But the thing yeah. is, I was doing it for me. So I was like, you know what? This is for me and I'm not going to let her bring me down. And exactly. I think, I think that Kate really could have handled this, especially where last week she told him, she was like, no, you know what? If you want to do that, then I'll just have to learn to live with it. I'll have to be fine. And now oh, it wasn't that I knew that was never going to work. It wasn't just that she was saying, you know, I can't live with this. She literally said, I can't date a fat person. So. Yep. Cause she doesn't want to be that herself. I actually recently read that in her, in that actress's contract. Mm-hmm. She has to lose the weight. She has to lose weight on the show. Okay. To coincide with the character's that. weight struggles. Yeah. That's interesting. So at the end of the episode, when she walks in and announces her gastric bypass, she's decided to do, I, I wondered, um, if the actress is going to actually have that done. That would be interesting. You know? Yeah, because she did kind of burst in, and she's like, hey, I'm getting gastric bypass. And they're all like, yeah, bad time to talk to us. Yeah. Um, when she got on the plane, mm-hmm. and she's walking down the aisle, and everyone's just looking at her like, oh, God, don't let her be sitting next to me right. or whatever. In my brain, I'm like, if they do some big thing with the flight attendants, like you have to buy a second seat, and on and on and on, I'm going to be like, I'm done. Like, I, like that would have been a huge turnoff for me if they even approached that storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but they because, did. Because well, they did, but they didn't. They did in a way of where she just said, "Don't worry, I bought t- I bought both seats." Right. And and then the flight attendant goes, "Oh, I have your extended belt, your extended seat um, seat belt here." And she had her own, didn't she? No, she said no. She he goes, "Let me help you." And she's like, "No, I got it." Oh, okay, that's what it was. You know what I mean? Um, 
and I thought that was fine. But if they would have made a point of like, you know, fat shaming her essentially, right, right, saying, right. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, you have to buy a second seat or whatever. Because that that they, would have been a tremendous turnoff. Right. If they had done that at that point, then it would have been incorrect because they would have done that as soon as she tried to buy the ticket. Exactly. Like yes. they would have seen her show up and they would have been like, look, you're going to need to Which, buy a second seat. Yeah, when she went to check in at the counter, like, so if they would have cut to the counter and she checked in and then, and the person said that to her, mm-hmm. and then you just see her face get flushed and it drops, whatever, and then it cuts to her getting on the plane, and she's like, don't worry, I bought a second seat. Yep. I could handle it that way. Yep. But if they would have waited for her to be on the plane and be like, oh, you have, you know, I, uh. the Kevin Smith approach? <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yep. Um, and then of course, Randall finds a letter from his mother to William at William's apartment. We were there to go get these cassette tapes mm-hmm. with a picture of him in it, with a picture of him in it. And, um, honestly, this scene bugged me because he did that thing that drives me up a wall or someone demands an answer, but then refuses to let you speak. <laughs> right. Yes. And it's just like, I, when that happens, I'm just, oh, I'm just setting the phone down because usually that's what happens when I'm at work and I yep. just put them on hold. Yep. And, and just walk away essentially because it's like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Yep. If you're going to demand an answer and then not let me speak, then I'm not going to engage. Not even not let you speak, but literally say, don't speak. Yeah. Like, tell me. And you're like, well, don't even talk. Well, wait a minute. Don't wait. even try to tell me. Yeah. You just, Which but, one is it, buddy? You just told me to, to tell you. You know, uh, I, uh, but the thing is, it's like the only drama in this part of this episode is Randall's emotions in it because we already know why William hasn't had contact and why she's denied him the contact. Right. Because in order for, you know, and so like you're, we're already predisposed to be sympathetic towards mom and William. Yeah. I feel that they're bad people because it's already been, they've already told us yep. for her to accept him as her child and be all in on this of raising him. Then she had to have him as her child and could not let William be in his life in any way, shape or form. Yep. I, I, you know, I, one thing I noticed is that they haven't touched on, the storyline, and I don't know if they're going to go back to it or not, of uh, the the girl they met at the pool. Oh, when they were at the pool. Yeah, the uh, black woman at the pool because the she's next, in a she's in a family photo. Yeah, and the next episode, remember, mom went to pick him up because he was playing over at her house. Yes, or or no, um, dad picked him up at the house one time. Yeah. And was like, should I let him go to private school? Yes, that's right. That's right. Because he'll be like the only black kid there. So should I let him go? And she's just like, you're an idiot. Of yeah. course he should go to private school if that's where he needs to be to learn. You know? Yep. Um, but yeah. So I, I liked a good episode. Um, it was. And like I said, I liked seeing all the different traditions. You know, the ball of yarn. Yeah. And absolutely the one thing that I, I'm still coming away from this is that Mom and dad did not have a horrible breakup. He must have died while they were married. Yeah. And then the kids look at McGill and moved in on their mom when she was grieving and weak or something like that because she clearly still has a very strong emotional attachment to uh, their dad. Right. Like based on her Thanksgiving thing that she's thankful for, it's the same thing he said, blah, blah, yes. blah. Yeah, yeah, that's the impression that I got as well. Like perhaps, um, 
dad and Miguel's wife both disappeared at the same time, you know, whether it was died or left or, you know, his wife left and mm-hmm. dad died or something like that. And so they ended up taking, con- you know, consolation in each other yeah, or what it was. But, but there is definitely, you know, you're right. Mom definitely seems to still have a strong place in her heart for dad, but Miguel definitely, um, He's not liked by the kids. Like, it's no, very the, apparent. The grandkids cool with, but like Randall and Kevin are both just like, yeah, he is not liked. They, they don't even try to hide it. I mean, it was big of Kevin to let him have the hat yes. at the end, obviously, but they don't try to hide it. They're very like, it, it's the petulant teenage kid. You know, the 10 or 11 year old whose mom starts dating and, and they're like, I'm not calling him dad. And these are grown men that are doing this. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They, they just have a general disdain for him for whatever reason. Yeah. And I like how Randall hands, I like how Randall handles it because he is just basically like <laughs> just shits all over him. Yes, he does. Horrendously. Yes. And, Part of me wonders if, you know, we've seen that working with, um, you know, we've seen dad and Miguel working together and Miguel was kind of a ladies man, you know, hitting yes. on the secretaries at the office makes me wonder if there was something there. Um, could also be that, you know, maybe Miguel worked dad to death kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Had oh yeah. Covering yeah. all of okay. his stuff and, you know, he worked too many hours and, Stressed out or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Where he did work for him, so maybe I don't know. And it seems like the more time goes on, the more we see that Miguel is a bit of a douche. Yes. And massively, Dad's trying not to be. Yeah. Miguel seems to be much more the, hey, you know, the cool Maybe guy. he's this little, little womanizing going on, too. Yep. yep. Maybe. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah. I like how they're cold to him. Yep. And I'm looking forward to seeing why. Did you expect Toby to show up in New York? Nope. Being that overbearing self that he is where he pushes himself in there? Nope, I did not. Yeah. I, I felt that even he has his limits and that that yep. would have been a bit much for him. Yeah. Yeah, she very, very politely just said, you know, thanks, but no. And I, I will give her some credit because she did literally say that back in the beginning. She is right. She said, I am not at a point where I can date a fat person. And so it's not like she was suddenly saying it now and being cold about it. She had, right. She had been charmed by him and she let him in and, but, it's still, it's, you know, last episode to this episode, and I get it. She says, you know, oh, I stuffed my face full of donuts. Well, that's on you. You know, like you said, I get it. It's rough sitting there watching them eat the big, delicious food that you really want to eat. Yep. And yep. you would think that he would have been a little bit nicer. Yeah, that, that was the thing is he wasn't at all. That giant powdered donut pancake surprise or whatever it was that was like gooey and dripping and he's like eating it right in front of her. That was a bit mean. And if she had said, you know, you're obviously not being nice about this, you're obviously being a dick, I would have understood it a bit more than if she just said what she said. But, you know, the way she did it, I 
I can understand to an extent, but at the same time, I don't give her full credit. I do not award her full points. <laughs> you do not get full credit for this. That's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of all I got on this episode. I'm, I'm waiting f- to find out how dad died. Like, yeah, I'm thinking I we're th- going to see that th- for season finale kind of stuff. I f- yeah. I feel like that's gotta be sooner than later. Yep. So, uh, well, so, uh, staying against evil, dude, you know, I'm so sad that that's over <laughs> final two episodes of the season. It didn't even, I mean, kind of ended on a cliffhanger, but not really on a cliffhanger. And, um, yeah. It, it was actually a pretty big cliffhanger. The, the seventh episode was some of the funniest Stan material. Like, it reminded you of who Stan is as a person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, right from the beginning when he looks at that puzzle that she's got laid carefully out, and she's like halfway done it, and he looks at it, and he just brushes it onto the floor and goes, nah, she won't care. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then later on when she's like, what happened to my poster? And he's just like an owl. <laughs> an owl flew in. <laughs> it was an owl. They can't abide puzzles. It pushes the key as Owls can't abide puzzles. Google it. <laughs> Google owls and puzzles. Yes. It pushes all of their buttons. <laughs> that was just so perfect. Or the fact that he went to make a sandwich and he's out of mayo and he's just like, I want to die. <laughs> or I wish I was dead. <laughs> yeah. Just because he was out of mayo. <laughs> yeah. It was all, it was all good stuff. You know, the character, the actor that was playing the spider creature. Yes. Like once we realized he was the spider creature, if you will, he did a great job, like just how creepy he was in his acting and like how he walked <laughs> up the stairs and he would arch his back around and everything. Yeah. I mean, like he did, a, he did a good job of that. Hey, Evie, watch this. You, sir, are a nerd. Then he doesn't even move, and he's like, yeah, see, he's this, guy's, this guy's bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, that's not really an insult anymore. Yes, it is. <laughs> and what was he talking about? I just wrote down, my shirt smells like low tide at Asshole Beach. Claire hates Asshole Beach. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that was something that he just kind of uh, ad-libbed in there, or, or you know what I mean, just... I feel like yeah, a lot of, of that has to be ad-libbed. Like, lines. like, who actually writes a line about how owls can't abide puzzles? <laughs> In the dialogue, <laughs> yeah, owls can't abide puzzles. Google it. Google it. Just Google, yeah. Google owl and puzzle. Um, his daughter is, like, too over-the-top stupid for me at times. <sighs> like, the last episode there where she Especially wanted to Especially in these last the two episodes. Oh, gosh. Yes, Exactly. But like in these two, like especially in, uh, you know, that stands like, all right, uh, so you know the plan. Yeah. So what's the plan beyond me sitting in the car? <laughs> I'll write it down for you. And then she goes, you know, do not stop. Go directly to the yeah, store. Take this to the store. Yeah. Yeah. All, the, all your mother's uh, killing stuff. And then she sees the tattoo parlor. She's going to get a tattoo, which I thought she was going to get a tattoo of a puzzle. Right. Or an owl attacking a puzzle? Not herself giving a thumbs up. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Still kind of stupid. Yep. Um, Yeah. And then in the next episode, the time loop episode, because, you know, 
Everyone loves a time loop. <laughs> it was a good time loop as well, yeah. She's dragging a dental chair into the kitchen because she's decided that she wants to clean teeth. But she's not a dentist. She's just going to brush them really hard. Oh, my God. And he calls up that lady and says, you're very, you know, like, the white power tooth cleaning. I'm yes. like, oh, my God. Yeah, then she's like, why would that be a problem? Oh. No, no, no. It's not white power tooth cleaning. It's white power tooth cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a little bit of something special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh the end of the episode, they're sitting there in the chair. No, not the end. The end of the previous episode when she goes and gets the tattoo. Yeah. And then she comes home and he's like, did you forget anything? No. And then basically he's like looking at Eve and he's like, can you believe how stupid she is? <laughs> um so clearly they must have gone and retrieved the stuff. Right. You know, uh, they don't outward, outwardly say it, but I would assume they did and that it didn't get stolen or towed or something. Right. Um, but yeah, so no, you're right. The end of episode eight did have the, the, uh, the big, uh, cliffhanger where Evie is back in time and presumably dead. Yeah, because they kept going through the time loop and she yeah. kept dying and Stan kept dying. And that girl on the street died sometimes and attacked them sometimes. And basically the guy came out of nowhere and he's like, Oh, you gotta go find this guy's eyes and only then will you be able to get through the time loop. Come on, really? Yeah. Did she really think that was going to work? Well, but she did kind of say like, yep, okay, well, this just seems par for the course. Right. You know, and it did close the time loop, yeah. sort of. Yeah, put her back in time with him. Yeah. And now she's got a grave. And her daughter Constance is now in the her time, if you will. Yep. And then Stan just feels odd as he's sitting there watching about the snakes and the phone doesn't ring and he's like, something's not right. <laughs> yep. So I uh, will, uh, is there any sign on when a season two is coming? If I haven't all? even heard if a season two is coming, I hope so. I hope it's so just too. a fun show. Yeah. And it seems like the budget on it's like five bucks an episode. <laughs> it's that like you they know? asked them to bring their own props from home or something. Because there's really, like, the sets are not elaborate by any means. Uh, the cars are not elaborate. The, you know, the opening theme and credits and all that stuff are pretty, pretty simplistically awesome. I mean, I love the style and format and feel of the show. So none of that's upsetting. Right. Um, but definitely would like to see some more episodes come back. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> So, uh, Lethal Weapon, was that new this week or last week? That was last week. All right. I just never deleted the note then. I'm like, I'm reading. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I talked about this already. Um, so actually that's it then. Yeah. The only other, the only other one that I had was, uh, Adam ruined prison. Yep. And you and I, I studied law. You've worked in the justice system. So we, we know a lot of the stuff, but basically it was, um, it was a good episode. Talked about a lot of stuff that I already knew um, about how like one in five prisons nowadays are for-profit institutions, which is ridiculous when you think about it. The, the United States houses has more imprisoned people than any other country on the planet by far. We have over 2.3 million people in prisons in this country, and that's just ridiculous. Um. I, 
one of the things they were talking about that was very good was uh, solitary confinement and uh, how it's basically inhumane and it can cause insanity. Uh, hold on. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it was solitary was designed in the 1800s by Quakers that were hoping that the people that they used it on would use the time to study the Bible. Um, but even the Quakers thought that it was too cruel and did away with it. Um, and what was the other thing there? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, in 1890, the Supreme Court said that prisoners subjected to solitary confinement became violently insane. Others still committed suicide. So they stopped it. Solitary was not done from about 1894 on until recently when they brought it back and decided, oh, yeah, well, we should use it because, you know, it's it, it's something that should be uh, used to deter people from <clears throat> I don't even know. Like, it, it, it's mostly just to put away the people that we don't want to deal with. Wasn't you know? um was Kevin Bacon in some movie about solitary confinement? Where, yeah, I feel like he was. Let's see here. It was like based on a true story where this kid was put in solitary confinement. And, like, it was found to be inhumane somehow. I can't remember now. I could have sworn it was Kevin Bacon. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Well, basically because, you know, humans are social animals, you put them in a place where 23 hours out of the day they don't have interaction with anybody. And it just does drive you insane. It hurts you mentally. It, it causes schisms in the brain. And um, there's really no need of it. It's it's truly cruel and unusual. Uh, but that's how they, they, when they don't want to deal with people. Um, they were also talking about, uh, da, 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 the Corrections Corporation of America. It's a giant corporation. That's where all the for-profit prisons fall under. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have actual clauses in their contracts with different states that guarantee they will be at or above capacity or the state has to pay a fine. Like they said that last year there was a private prison in Arizona that wasn't at 97% capacity, so the state had to pay them a $3 million fine. Which all it does is it encourages them to either extend the sentences of the people in there or have more people put into prison because the state doesn't want to have to pay a fine, and so they have to find ways to get more people inside of them, inside those prisons. Isn't nice. that ridiculous? That, that is dumb. Um, in 1995, Kevin Bacon did a movie called Murder in the First about a criminal named Henry Young who went to prison at seven when he was like, I don't know, he went to prison for, oh, I don't know what it was for. I'm trying to see here. Oh, he went to prison for petty theft at 17 in the 30s. And gets sent away eventually an escape attempt gets him sent to Alcatraz where he gets put in solitary confinement for three years. Damn. Except for 30 minutes on Christmas Day in 1940. Wow. And uh, when he gets out of solitary confinement, he is essentially crazy and he kills another inmate. And uh, 
when he gets put on trial for first degree murder, that's when it's discovered um, that he was in solitary confinement for so long and yada, yada. So of course it's got the, uh, the Hollywood's um, based on a true story type tagline on it. But I guess that really had a lot to do. I mean, this, his, his real life was a little different than what it said, but essentially he did, uh, he did spend three years in solitary confinement at some point, and that's when they determined it was uh, inhumane or something. Yeah, they say that it can cause irreparable brain damage. Um, I believe it. It can cause you to have hallucinations. Um, you lose the ability to tell how much time has passed yep. with things. The the rooms themselves, the solitary rooms, are about the size of a king-size bed. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not yeah, – there's ridiculous. nothing in there. Um, and then they also talked like about prison reform, which was, um, you know, education systems. And they yeah. said, you know, back in the 1840s, uh, prison education systems covered all the subjects, you know, math, history, everything. They had 350 different degree programs you could get from within prison because it's been determined that the fastest, cheapest, easiest way to decrease recidivism is education. Teach them a skill, teach them, yep. you know, let them get their degree and, they're not going to be as likely to go back, but in, in 1994, when we went through the tough on crime thing, uh, everybody decided, well, prisoners shouldn't be living better than people outside the walls, so they started taking stuff, and that include the uh, education, so now they've got 12 different degree programs across the United States, and the, uh, what was it, the best... Uh, largest prison education and training program in the U.S. has a waiting list of 10,000 people. So you're never going to get in on that one if you're wow. in prison. Yeah. And they said that as a result of stuff like that, 40% of federal prisoners are back within the walls within three years. And anybody who's seen Orange is the New Black knows that. Yep. No, that's very true. But they were also talking about the uh, – and I've been just as guilty of this. I will admit it. Um, they were talking about the uh, problems with, like, applications to jobs and – to apartments and stuff like that and how they've got that big old box on there that says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And you check yes on that and it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to be looked over. And I remember back in retail doing that, you know, people would put down, you know, yep, petty theft, grand theft, something like that. I'd be like, nope, you're going right over here. I'm not going to hire you. Because that's just common sense. You think we've got money, we've got safe deposits, stuff like that. We don't want people who have been convicted of crimes in here. So if they can't get jobs, they can't get apartments, then what are they going to do? They're going to turn back to what they did before, like selling drugs or prostitution or whatever that ended ended them up in prison to begin with. And it becomes a vicious cycle. My son today asked me... Um what do they do in jails on Christmas? And I go, what do you mean? He's like, well, Christmas morning, when the people that are in jail, I mean, what do they do? Do they do anything special? I go, I go, no, it's just another day. They just wake up and they go about their day. Yep. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't know if they did anything special because it was Christmas. I'm like, let me ask you, son, do you think they deserve anything special? They're in jail. They're in prison. They did something wrong to get there. He goes, oh, well, I didn't think of that. Uh, crushing the innocence of youth already. Yeah, well, we watched uh, Muppet uh, Christmas Carol tonight. Oh, yep. And uh, he got very emotional over the death of Tiny Tim, which was a, you know, a Muppet frog. And right. uh, I don't want to make fun of him for it um, because uh, I've gotten emotional about odd things myself. Yep. 
But, um, yeah, so that, and it was that, that's what inspired the, the in jail question because one of the scenes is a guy in jail singing. Right. And the right. guard comes in next to him singing. He's like, Hey, do they do anything in jail for, for the, you know, for the prisoners? And I'm like, no, they're in jail. <laughs> they don't really, I mean, do they deserve anything? Cause they broke the law. They did something, assume. they did something bad to get there, generally speaking. So. Yeah. Well, most of them. Yeah. Anyhow, so uh moving on, though. Yep. I watched a couple of movies this week. Uh, I'm All not right. going to go into great detail about any of them. I just, I, for whatever reason, I'm in the Christmas spirit. I'm in that happy mood, even though I got murdered on overtime this been for the month of December on the old uh, schedule. Is this your ghost uh, talking to us? No. I just got a lot of overtime is all. Um or coming up, that is. So I watched uh, An American Christmas Carol with Henley Winkler. N- not a great flick. He plays a character named Benedict Slade, who is basically Scrooge, and then insert everything that basically happens in The Christmas Carol, uh, and just with different named characters. Okay. Um, I watched White Christmas, that 1954 musical with uh, Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney. It's just mm-hmm. a great classic thing. And then, of course, I've already gotten in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Family Christmas, because I love the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I watched Suicide Squad this week, the extended cut. Oh, yeah. And we talked about it a little bit when we went to lunch earlier this week. Yep. But let's and I guess, well, I'm going to go with this. If there was no, if I, if I just watched this movie, Martin style with Gotham, and I just ignore any pre-existing backstories I know about the characters or the comics or anything like that, and just go watch this movie based on what was presented to me in the film. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will say that even with the numerous storyline holes and ridiculousness with it, I did enjoy the movie. Um, Yes, they 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 fought legit, uh, literal faceless rock monsters, if you will. And uh, yes, a lot of the story didn't make sense. It's definitely no Martha, though. You know, it wasn't <laughs> as nonsensical as Martha was. Um, the action was some of the action was great in it. Um, I I liked the movie. But again, with the caveat of it, it's a standalone and there's no other backstories involved. Right. But so. then you have to put in these, the backstories because they show Batman several times. Yes. Uh, they hint at the backstory with Batman. Harley is getting her own spinoff movie that's going to involve Batman. We see Flash in the movie. Yep. With Captain Boomerang. Um, yeah. You know, we just, we see. So, yes, there's backstories there that exist and that are real, I realize. And uh, all in all, I definitely liked it better than Batman vs. Superman. Oh, God, yes. Um, I will say, though, so far this year, and I don't know if it's because it's the freshest on my mind, uh, but if I were to say what my favorite superhero movie is that I watched this year, I'm still going to go with Deadpool. Okay. And then it's really a good toss-up between Captain America and Doctor Strange. I can respect um, that. But if you really think about it, as a comic book fan, we're pretty friggin' lucky that this <laughs> year alone we've gotten Deadpool, 
X-Men Apocalypse, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Captain America Civil War, and Doctor Strange. Yep. You know, and then if you want to add, I think, did they do it? Wasn't there another Ninja Turtles movie this year as well? Uh, you know, uh, we got a Star Trek movie this year. We're getting a Star Wars movie this year. Yep. So, I mean, we're pretty, pretty lucky that, you know, this is, this is out there. This is coming out. It's happening. These movies are there for us to watch. You know, right. Good, bad, in between. Yep. Um, I it, will never watch the second Turtles movies. Yes, it has. It has. I will never watch the second Turtles movie. Me either. Ever. I have no reason to ever watch that or want or drive or need or want or anything. Nope. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky that we're getting these movies to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I only watched one movie this week. And that was, uh, one that I had been meaning to watch for quite a while, but it was, uh, that movie you suggested, Ark. Oh, what did you think? That's talk about a time loop. Exactly. That's why I said I'll talk about it later. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Stan, ver- Stan against evil. Okay. Nope. Oh, what'd you think of Ark? I thought it was very well done. Was for, it though? For again, what you were talking about earlier with basically a $5 budget. Yeah. You know, um, it was, suspenseful but you never felt like like uh um people were being kept out of the loop pun intended yep. um you uh it progressed you know whereas things like uh groundhog day or mystery spot or stuff like that th- the time loop just keeps happening to one person over and over again yep. but in this case more people were introduced to the time loop which kind of added a good depth to it because then you could expand upon it. Yeah, it added more drama to it because more people knew what was happening. Yes, and that allowed you to develop their characters as well because it's like they're not just innocent bystanders, they're this or they're this and, you know, I really appreciated that part of it. Um, Definitely left open-ended. Yes. Um, Because, you know, it starts out with one character knowing the time loop and then a second's added and then a third and then we find out, oh, this person now knows and on and on and on. And um, it's got some good twists in it storyline-wise. Yep. And for that, that, you know, five people or six people in a room type movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's definitely a – and again, a lower budget. It was, it was done well. It was a good flick. You got a sense of the world around you without having to get into detailed backstory of it. Yes. You know, there was the block and there was Taurus and the world has fallen apart and people want food and they need air filters to go outside because yep. the air is so bad and, um, nobody, it, like all the windows were covered and all the doors were covered. So, you know, you got a good sense of things without having to have the preamble in the beginning that says, you know, in the year 2755, we had used up all of our natural resources and blah, blah, yep. blah, which by the way, you see that a lot. A lot of times yeah. that seems to be the thing, you know, earth has used up all of its natural resources. So we've expanded into space. I don't think that'll ever get to be the case because I think that when it starts to look like the natural resources are dwindling, people are going to start killing each other like crazy. I think that by the time the natural resources are depleted to that point, people will have murdered the hell out of each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the population will critically drop on this planet because people will be like, wait, what? There aren't going to be Twinkies, and they will just go to war with each other over stuff like that. Yep. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> if you want to talk about realism. But you yeah, should I, write I, it. I did enjoy Ark. I, I thought that it was good. It was fun. And uh yeah, 
Yeah, I'm glad you watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I forgot. I didn't forget. I forgot, but whatever. I did watch one more thing. I, technically, it was two movies. Yeah. Um, but you know, last Friday, uh, Netflix launched their original uh, Gilmore Girls return, which is four hour and a half long movies. It's almost like a BBC Sherlock season, mm. if you will. My mother and sister loved it. Um, and I'm just gonna say I've watched the first two. My wife watched all four of them now, and. Uh, I'm going to watch the other two and I'm just going to say without giving everything away or whatever, it, it definitely feels like everything is the same 10 years later. That, that can be a good thing. Yeah. It definitely was not a bad thing. I mean, it was just, you know, it was great. It was the familiarity of all the characters, uh, being back on the show and, you know, the actors and actresses, they got to play the characters you know, being the same ones and even the troubadours back. I mean, everyone in the town's back. Everyone, you know, all the me, it's the whole cast is back. Except dad. It, well, yes, except dad. And that's handled very well. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess I watched the first two. I've seen, I watched the entire series previously. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was done well. Good. They did a great job with it. I, uh, I also forgot I did watch the sixth episode of Dirk Gently. Dirk oh, Gently's yeah. Holistic Detective Agency. Um, more has been explained. More has not been explained. It's still confusing, but beautifully done. Um, Dirk and the assassin finally met and it was, it was an unstoppable object meeting an immovable force kind of thing, which was great yep. because like I said, she can't be hurt. She can't be killed, but then they met up and they kind of had this moment and then she got hurt for the first time and she got stabbed in the leg and she lost her mind, had no idea, has never been hurt before, had no idea that it could even happen. And she just lost her mind. She was screaming. She said, I'm never going to walk again. I can't believe this. This it, Imagine reaching a point in your life where you've never felt pain and then suddenly you feel pain for the first time. Like as I'd an adult. Out. Yeah. I'd freak out. Oh, and my sister pointed this out to me. Um, interesting side note. The actress that plays the assassin is, uh, I believe her name is Fiona Dorif. She's Brad yeah. Dorif's daughter. And Oh, she was in, um, the new Chucky movie then that they ah. came out with that. Yeah, she was the main character in, in the, uh, child's play movie that came out. I think it's like last year now. Tell me she doesn't look like her father when you know that. Oh yeah, she does. Holy God. But yeah, it's, uh, there's two more episodes of that left this season and, uh, they've already been renewed for a second season. So I'm excited about that. I really want like, this is one of those shows that I want the whole first season to come out on like a DVD or Blu-ray so that I can have it. So I can go back yep. and rewatch it again because so much happens and it can be so confusing. And I, th there's a kitten that has the soul of a shark inside of it. And we got to watch the soul of a shark rip people in half when the kitten leapt through the air. It was magnificent. That it, is pretty funny. It was great. This blue electric shark just flew around the sky and ripped people in half. And then the kitten just kind of walked away and licked his lips. Love it. But anyway, that is yeah. pretty funny, yeah. Yeah. It, hopefully the whole first season will come out at some point, and then I'll be able to collect that. And Then if you want, you can borrow it and check it out. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of first seasons, well, not first seasons, but speaking of seasons, uh, you know, we just had Black Friday. And every year on Black Friday, I hit up Best Buy because they'll have the season sets on the cheap, 
like that's where I buy Supernatural every year because it's always ten bucks on DVD for the entire season. So this year I grabbed myself Flash season two mm-hmm. on DVD for ten bucks. Supernatural season eleven on DVD for ten bucks. I grabbed Batman the nineteen sixty six series season three for eight ninety nine on DVD because season three is when they introduced Batgirl. That's my first favorite season of that show. And it's weird that Batman series is one that you can't find streaming anywhere online. It's not on Hulu. It's not on Netflix. I think you can buy individual episodes on Amazon maybe, but like I wanted to be able to watch that whole season. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've seen every single episode of the original Adam West, Burt Ward Batman. Cause even though it was on when I was a kid, you know, as an adult now where I can remember watching episodes or whatever, I don't think it's been on enough. And it's never been, like I said, streaming where you could watch that. So anyways, I grabbed season three for $8.99. Uh, they also had season one for $8.99, but it's weird because like seasons three and one are like 20 something episodes each. But season two is like 60 something episodes. So that's broken down into two parts and that's always like 25, 30 bucks a season. Um, but anyways, and then on Blu-ray, I picked up Ash versus Evil Dead season one for 10. So I love Black Friday Best Buy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I picked up a few other, um, a couple stalking stuff for movies for the kids, you know, the Sandlot. And uh, some Monster High and crappy Barbie thing for the daughter. So Nice. Yeah. I love me some Best Buy on Black Friday. (laughs) So the only other things I have to talk about is a couple of uh, unfortunate passings we've had on the same day practically. Yeah. This week. Where first we lost uh, Florence Henderson, Mrs. Brady herself. Yeah. At age 82. And then the one that actually uh, kind of upsets me more, but nah, but yes, is uh, definitely more. You know, Ron Glass, Shepherd Book from Serenity and Firefly, age 71. It's, uh, yeah, sucks. That, that one really hit me hard, too. Yeah. I mean, I was really attached to I'm, every character on Serenity and Firefly, I'm just ultra attached to. Right. Um, I love all those characters and I know in the movie Shepherd Book was killed and I know Wash was killed and everything, but, uh, you know, they've done a good job with the comic books, filling out the storylines and, uh, filling up any character holes and everything. And then, you know, there was talk of them doing possibly another movie taking place before the Serenity film, Mm -hmm. but after the series. So, I mean, we could potentially, they could have brought Shepherd Book and Wash back. Right. There was even um, talk about doing an animated series that took place in between. Yeah, exactly, where he could have voiced the character. But, um, yeah, it stinks. The The only upside is that we traded those two and Castro died as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at least there was something that was like, okay, it's not just yeah. good people dying. Yeah, I saw a meme that said, like, uh, you know, Castro for decades fought against, uh, um, what's the word I want to use? Democracy? Well, it was something to do with free, the free trade market or this or that or whatever, and he dies on Black Friday. Oh, uh, yep. You know, wah, wah, wah. So, hmm. yeah. But, uh, you know, but truthfully, you know, like, I remember, I don't remember seeing, I mean, um, Florence Henderson really on anything besides the Brady Bunch. She always showed up as like um cameos and stuff. 
Yeah, but I mean, nothing like there's no movie. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I've been trying to uh, pause uh, or mute my microphone every time I'm going to cough or have to clear my throat because of this cold. So I apologize for those that uh, escaped in there and, and ruffled your eardrums. But um, yeah, she. I, I can't think of like a movie that she starred in. Not or star, anything no. like that. Like I remember, she was the grandmother in uh, the Brady Bunch remake movies. But she's never had a starring role that I can think of either. And whenever I see her doing a cameo for something, it's always like kind of a tongue-in-cheek type cameo, either a nod to the Brady Bunch or a complete departure from the Brady Bunch. But, I mean, talk about typecasting with her and that character. Once she, <laughs> you know, she yep. never, never got over that. No. Um, no, that was it. Likewise, not likewise, but conversely, Ron Glass, I remember seeing him some other stuff, mm-hmm. but the thing I remember the most, of course, is him as, as Shepherd Book. Yep. So. Barney Miller, though. Yeah, he Early got like, series. some sort of Emmy win for Barney Miller years ago. Yep. So, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I actually tried to seek out some trailers this week that maybe I hadn't seen or whatever. Because usually I stumble across them, and I yep. really can't even think of one. Did you catch any this week? Or Well, there was one that I actually sent you a link to and said I'd like to discuss this one. Oh, my God, you did, and I watched it, and I forgot. You know what it is? I watched it on my phone in a situation where I wasn't able to take notes about it. Gotcha. And then when I finally did get to where I was going or whatever, I just I forgot to go back to it. Well, this was a trailer for the upcoming, this January, NBC has a, uh, would you call it a remake or a reimagining, maybe, of The Wizard of Oz called Emerald City? It looks really cool. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because you're right. Like, I looked at that and I said, this looks amazing. I know people who would love to watch this. You know, Kelly had sent it to me. I sent it to my sister. It's going around. We're all like, oh, my God, this looks so good. But the one bad thing about it is NBC. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm watching the trailer and I'm like, wow, this looks great. I'm like, I'm, I've, this is something I really think I could be excited. Oh, NBC logo. Yeah. Really? So yeah, that NBC doesn't do me. sci-fi. I can't believe that they're doing it. But like everything is different. This Dorothy Gale is a cop. Uh, her Toto is a police canine unit. Um, yeah. The uh, the cowardly lion is a guy who wears armor that is made out of a lion's skull. Um, yeah. Looks very interesting. The Tin Man is um, a clockwork person. Uh, the Scarecrow is a guy who's been strung up on a crucifix and tarred and strawed. Yeah. Uh, it, the Munchkins instead look more like Vikings, kinda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The witches look really cool, and Vincent D'Onofrio is in there and playing what looks like an awesome character. And I'm now, so excited, except for the fact that it's NBC. But Universal is NBC, and they also own Sci-Fi. But is this gonna be a weekly series, yes. or is this gonna be okay? So it's gonna be like a season TV show that's not yeah. a mini series event. Which I almost See, wish it was a mini series because then they'd have it all shot and planned out. Yeah, yeah, it did look pretty awesome. But the more you're talking about it, it and the fact that it is on NBC, I mean, the only sci-fi I've ever seen them do well is Grimm. And that's what I said. I was like, they've they've got Grimm. 
they've kept Grimm going, and this seems to be in the same vein as that, so maybe. But think about it. Everything they've partnered or paired with Grimm has failed. Yep. You know, Constantine. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Dracula, the Dracula story. Yep. You know, I mean, it, it and was, now, and now Grimm's the short season, final season starting in January. Yep. It was a so. very bittersweet thing to watch because on the one hand, like you said, it looks great. Yep. On the other hand, it's almost doomed from the get go, just knowing that it's on NBC. It's like it's the PG 13 rating that's tagged on it. You know, yes. it's like, uh, you know, sometimes you watch a trailer for a movie like, oh, this is going to be badass. And then it's like rated PG-13. You're like, yeah. oh, no, it's not. It's going to be completely yep. – no, it's not. Because like, they're going to go almost there, but then not quite. If I had seen this same trailer and it said coming soon to like Showtime, I would oh, be dude, ecstatic yeah. right now. Absolutely. Or, you know, coming this fall to HBO, I'd be losing my mind. Yes. But the yes. fact that it's yes. on NBC, not even – like they could have said USA or Sci-Fi and I would have been like, great. I'll watch that. I'll, I'll be yep. excited about that because then I'd know that they'd at least get one season out of it. But yep. with NBC, I mean, I could see them canceling it after like two episodes because NBC loves to do that, especially with sci-fi shows. Well, what'll happen is, is that people will watch that trailer and they'll watch the first episode based on that trailer. And then whatever it is, it's not going to pull them into a second or maybe it does. And then the third, it starts. And then, you know, by the time you get episode four and it's dropped 50% from episode one, they're going to just cancel it. Yeah. They're not even yeah. like, that's one thing about, I keep going and looking at all the different ratings and stuff like that. And the best I can find is seeing shows that they're like, well, they haven't ordered any extra episodes, so they're just going to stand at 10 or 13 so far. Or you'll see, yeah. oh, uh, Legends, you know, got one or two extra episodes. Frequency, they haven't ordered any more episodes. Uh, Conviction, they said, nope, there's going to be 13 episodes. We'll let it just stand at that, and it'll yeah. be open-ended, but it'll be canceled. So they haven't but, really been dropping the cancellation hammer a lot this season. Timeless, then, though, got they picked that they that was originally a 13 episode, and I think that got extended to 18. Yes. So, sorry. No, I was just basically saying that, you know, usually the, in the past fall seasons, you'd see like within a couple of weeks, they'd be like, this was canceled already. This was canceled already. And they haven't really done that this year. You know, now that you're saying that, you're absolutely right because I, I, I'm just trying to think, even the shows that I've stopped watching, mm-hmm. they're still on. Yeah. Like, you know, Exorcist, Designated Survivor, um, Van Housing, like those are still on, they're still on TV. Yep. Uh, like I said, the only one that I've seen for sure was Conviction, that new one with Haley Atwell. And yeah. all I said was, yes, it won't be coming back for a second season, but it was 13 episodes and they're going to let all 13 air. Yeah. They just said that the 13th episode is very open-ended. It was meant to leave the season open-ended, um, but there won't be a second season, but they're going to let them all go. So even that's very soft for what we've been used to. Yeah. That's true. I know, um, for me, one of the things that, um, I was used to in, in past is if I really liked the show, it was getting canceled after like two or three episodes or it gets dumped after 10 and they never air the last three. And, you know, like I've, I've we've become so accustomed to that, that, yeah, like what you're saying with this season where it's not happening, it's actually quite surprising. Yeah. I, it's surprising, but it's good too. I, I, I like the fact that yeah, maybe they're, Giving these things a chance, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
or maybe it's just too expensive to dump something they've spent so much money on that. Right. To start up something new to see what might work. Yep. That's possible too. You know, I'm glad we got eight episodes of Stand Against Evil, but I actually do kind of wish they would have spread it out longer than four weeks. Because it almost feels like we got four episodes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because every time you sat down, you're watching two episodes, which basically could be one episode. So, I don't know. Uh, any other trailers for you? Uh, no. Nope, any other was, news? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't really have any other news. That was pretty much it, I think. Jeez, I guess. I, all right. I feel like that's it then. <laughs> it, it was a light week. You know, we got it a, really was. We got a little so, more in depth on some of the shows, but for the most part, so many shows not on. Yeah. Yep. But we'll have plenty to talk about next week with the crossover episodes and you know the penultimate Westworld episode. And I am looking forward to. Uh, I am looking forward to the, the those crossover episodes. The penultimate Ash vs. Evil Dead episode. I mean, yep. holy God, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or you just want to say, hey, what's going on, please reach out to us. The show is at What Did You Watch on the Twitter. On Facebook, it's What Did You Watch this week. Uh, and then I'm at Superstar ML. And I'm at the Quantum Geek, G33K. And yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk.